Welcome to the Becoming Media Maven podcast. I am your host, Christina Nicholson, and today we are talking about Atomic Habits. So this is actually the first book that I have read twice. And the first time I listened to it, and this last time I read it with a highlighter and I used post-it notes to mark what I read. So today I'm going to let you know what I highlighted and why in part one of this series. Right now the plan is to make this a six part series and I'll explain why in a second. But really I'm just doing this selfishly because I think this is a great way for me to retain what I read. So I've read so many great nonfiction books, but when I try to remember what I learned, I'm totally blank and I can't remember. So here's hoping that reading it, highlighting it, and sharing it with you will help me remember this and you can also use it in your life. So if you're not familiar with Atomic Habits, here's a crash course. James Clear, who lives in Columbus, shout out back guys, he, wrote this book and introduces the four laws of behavior change. And these four laws are one, make it obvious, two, make it attractive, three, make it easy, and four, make it satisfying. Those four things to remember in each law are cue, craving, response, and reward. And these things can help build good habits and help you break bad habits. Then James Clear describes habit stacking and environmental design. I'll get into all of this. And the idea is to overcome common hurdles that people face when they're trying to establish new habits and break the bad ones. Plus, he shares some advice on how to stay consistent and motivated when the initial enthusiasm wanes, as it almost always does. And I think it's very fitting that I'm recording this at the end of the year, so you can remember this in the new year for those New Year's resolutions if you are a New Year's resolution setter. This is a long-term impact of adopting atomic habits. And so that's why I'm gonna summarize the key takeaways from the book by reading exactly what I have highlighted. So for links to the book and to read the transcript of each one of these podcast episodes in this six episode series, You can also watch the captioned video for this. Just visit becomeamediamaven.com. Everything is there all the time. And then I also want to hear about your own habit-building experiences and what is working for you. Okay, let's go. The first part of this series, we are focusing on my notes and my lessons from the first section, which is make it obvious. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to read a little intro before I get there, but I'm basically just opening up my book and reading you what I've highlighted. A habit is a routine or behavior that is performed regularly. Changes that seem small and unimportant at first will compound into remarkable results if you're willing to stick with them for years. If you can get 1% better each day, For one year, you'll end up 37% times better by the time you're done. Conversely, if you get 1% worse each day for one year, you'll decline nearly down to zero. So what starts as a small win or a minor setback accumulates into something much more. Success is the product of daily habits, not once-in-a-lifetime transformations. Forget about goals and focus on systems instead. Goals are about the results you want to achieve, but systems are about the processes that lead to those results. Goals are good for setting a direction, but systems are best 
for making progress. Achieving a goal only changes your life for the moment. And that's the counterintuitive thing about improvement. We think we need to change our results, but the results are not the problem. What we really need to change are the systems that cause those results. When you solve problems at the results level, you only solve them temporarily. In order to improve for good, you need to solve problems at the systems level. Fix the inputs and the outputs will fix themselves. A systems first mentality provides the antidote. When you fall in love with the process rather than the product, you don't have to wait to give yourself permission to be happy. You can be satisfied anytime your system is running. Okay, I'm going to stop reading for a second just to share that I always mention in business that we focus on a goal and we don't enjoy the journey. And I feel like this totally relates to business and the fact of enjoy the journey and then the goal is almost inevitable. I'm going to try really hard not to put my two cents in here because I should just read my notes. Okay, (laughs) back to the book. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Outcomes are about what you get. Processes are about what you do. Identity is about what you believe. Many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve. This leads us to outcome-based habits. The alternative is to build identity-based habits. With this approach, we start by focusing on who we wish to become. Behind every system of actions is a system of beliefs. It's hard to change your habits if you never change that underlying belief that led you to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are. You might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. Your habits shape your identity and your identity shapes your habits. The focus should always be on becoming that type of person, not getting a particular outcome. Ultimately, your habits matter because they help you become the type of person that you wish to be. The process of building a habit can be divided into four simple steps. Cue, craving, response, and reward. First, there's the cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. Cravings are the second step, and they are the motivational force behind every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, we have no reason to act. The third step is the response, and the response is the actual habit you perform, which can take the form of a thought or an action. Finally, the response delivers a reward. Rewards are the end goal of every habit. The cue is about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining the reward. And we chase rewards because they serve two purposes. One, they satisfy us. And two, they teach us. So this is how you create a good habit. The first law is Q. You need to make it obvious. 
The second law is craving. You need to make it attractive. The third law is response. You need to make it easy. And the fourth law is reward. You need to make it satisfying. Again, going off book here, I feel like making it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. I've heard the analogy of people using this with if they want to become a runner or if they want to work out. You put your running shoes out right in front of your door. So it's obvious. It's easy. Make it attractive. I mean, hello, that's why we wear athleisure now (laughs) when we're not even working out or running. That makes it attractive. Make it satisfying. For me, it's good music. It's a good playlist. It's um, listening to podcasts. I mean, I know listening to podcasts or audiobooks, that has helped me actually walk more because that makes it more attractive to me. It also makes it easy for me and satisfying. And it's obvious if I have a good podcast to listen to that I was just notified of in my app. So those are some ways you can create a good habit. Back on book, how to break a bad habit. The cue, make it invisible. The craving, make it unattractive. The response, make it difficult. And the reward, make it unsatisfying. So you're basically just doing the opposite. Going off book here, let's talk about um, eating unhealthy. Maybe you love a McDonald's drive-thru. To make it invisible or make it difficult, Maybe instead of passing it on your way to work, you find another way to work. So it's invisible and it's difficult to get there. Unattractive, unsatisfying, I don't know, watch one of those documentaries about what they put in the food and that should probably help. But those are some, those are some examples of how to do that. And that is the intro. That is like your crash course on atomic habits. And now I'm going to go into the first law of making it obvious, and I'm just going to get super specific on that in this episode. Hundreds of studies have shown that implementation intentions are effective for sticking to our goals. People who make a specific plan for when and where they will perform a new habit are likely to follow through. Off book? For me, this is my calendar, 100%. Okay, back in book. One of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current habit you already do each day and then stack your new behavior on top. This is called habit stacking. Habit stacking works best when your cue is highly specific and immediately actionable. Many people select cues that are too vague. So this is something James Clear explains. It's a mistake he did himself, and I'll read you a little story just to put this into context. When I wanted to start a push-up habit, my habit stack was when I take a break for lunch, I will do 10 push-ups. And at first glance, this sounded reasonable, but soon I realized the trigger was unclear. Would I do my push-ups before I ate lunch? After I ate lunch? Where would I do them? So after a few inconsistent days, I changed my habit stack to when I close my laptop for lunch, I will do 10 push-ups next to my desk. Strategies like implementation intentions and habit stacking are among the most practical ways to create obvious cues for your habits and design a clear plan for when and where to take action. When the cues that spark a habit are subtle or hidden, they're easy to ignore. By comparison, creating obvious visual cues can draw your attention toward a desired habit. If you want to make a habit a big part of your life, Make the cue a big part of your environment. The same strategy can be employed for good habits. By sprinkling triggers throughout your surroundings, you can increase the odds that you'll think about your habit 
throughout the day. Make sure the best choice is the most obvious one because making a better decision is easy and natural when the cues for good habits are right in front of you. The people with the best self-control are typically the ones who need to use it the least. It's easier to practice self-restraint when you don't have to use it very often. So yes, perseverance, grit, and willpower are essential to success, but the way to improve these qualities is not by wishing you were a more disciplined person, but by creating a more disciplined environment. Cut bad habits off at the source. One of the most practical ways to eliminate a bad habit is to reduce exposure to the cue that it causes. Here are some examples. If you can't seem to get any work done, leave your phone in another room for a few hours. If you're continually feeling like you're not enough, stop following social media accounts that trigger jealousy and envy. If you're wasting too much time watching television, move the TV out of the bedroom. Self-control is a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. You may be able to resist temptation once or twice, but it's unlikely you can muster the willpower to override your desires every time. Instead of summoning a new dose of willpower whenever you wanna do the right thing, your energy would be better spent optimizing your environment. This is the secret to self-control. Make the cues of your good habits obvious and the cues of your bad habits invisible. And that is everything from that section on Make It Obvious. In the next episode, I will go into the second part, which is Make It Attractive. So this episode was a little longer than what the future ones will be just because I shared that introduction. That is it for Make It Obvious. Again, this book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I will see you again here next week on Become a Media Maven.